I was particularly blessed, really blessed, um, Stephen's video that started off, that spoke to what is the conference about? It's about fire. It's about the power of God. It's about a genuine, spontaneous move of God. And our desire, when we started United Prayer Group, right, the desire, which I loved from the very beginning, was simply this, right, that God would revisit his people again, that God would bring forth power and authority and might, that the kingdom of God would advance on the face of the earth, continue to go forward. And that's what we pray for, right? You think about fire. Fire can create and fire can destroy, right? Put a match in a dry uh, area, whether it's a building or a shrubbery, right? And it's going to catch fire and it's going to wipe out. But if you take a piece of metal and you throw it in the fire, immediately it's not going to catch fire. But if you raise the heat enough, what happens? The presence of the fire goes into the metal and it becomes bendable. You can form, you can fashion that metal. And so for the church to advance, we're seeking the fiery presence of God. And we're praying that it will come back. I like what Stephen said, right? Conferences are great. You learn. But if the Spirit of God doesn't invade our hearts, if we're not convicted, if we're not moving forward with the things of God, then it could be in many ways just wood, hay, and stubble. So I'd like to call your attention to this particular text. And I just want to show you three principles in this text, three principles regarding fire. And if we look at verse 4, the scripture says, And when the Lord, Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. And the first point I want to be able to make this is that it was indeed God in the fire who called out to Moses. And now Moses is about to meet God in a very unique and a very different way. He's going to meet God not with physical eyes. He's going to meet God with spiritual eyes. The inner faith. He had heard about God, right? He probably heard about God from the Hebrews. But now he is going to have an encounter with God. And Moses is going to be transformed from that encounter. He's going to go from a solitary, defeated, exiled, ex-noble, who is just tending shepherds, uh, tending sheep, Probably the most intelligent conversation he's been having recently has been, right? And he's going to go from that, from ill-equipped, from stammering of speech, to one of the greatest deliverers and intercessors known. And how was this made possible? It was made possible because God in the fire met Moses. The fire caught Moses' attention. And the fire of God drew Moses' attention. A.W. Tozer has a great, great, great statement. He says this, God never, fully, uh, God never calls the fully equipped. Instead, God equips the called. We have been attending the United Prayer Group, not because we are equipped, but that the God would equip us, the called the ones desiring to see the Spirit of God move once again with power 
in the church. I often think about it. We have, we have so much material. We have more Christian colleges. We have more Christian literature. We have more Christian denominations. We have, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But where's the power? Where's the power of God? If we're not careful, all of this just becomes formality. It all becomes tradition and ritualism. And all of us know that we were saved, and we were saved by that very power of God. So the call goes out, and we come this morning to meet God. And as we go through our time of prayer, let's go into that time of prayer, fully intent on calling upon the Lord to hear and to meet us in the fire. So first, God called Moses from the fire. Secondly, it's God who transformed Moses. And there's one thing that the scripture teaches, and I think is pretty clear. One can read about God, one can learn the exploits of God, understand doctrine about God, but one has to experience God. Moses, before the burning bush, probably knew about God. But Moses, after the burning bush, leaves knowing God. He is transformed by the power of God. And my prayer is that Christians, we will be defined as a people who know our God and are known by our God. And I think that is critical for us. The new birth in Christ, it provides, doesn't merely just provide positional right standing with God, but the new birth transforms us. The new birth equips us to experience God and to know God personally. I think that's what Paul had in mind in Philippians 3.10, right? When Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And I love the Greek word there for know. It means to personally know, experientially know. It's the same term used in Luke one thirty four when the angel Gabriel says to Mary, you know, hey, you're going to give birth to a son. And Mary says, how can this be? For I know not a man. We know what she means experientially. She didn't know a man. This experiential knowledge, the knowledge of the one who has been touched by the presence and the power of God, listen, it can only be experienced firsthand. And the difference between Moses before the burning bush and Moses after the burning bush is very clear. It was at the burning bush, God in the fire, that transformed Moses. And Moses' life became what God had intended it to be. You know, we see the same thing with the disciples of Jesus as well. After the crucifixion, they're cowering, they're afraid, they're hiding for fear of the Jews. After the resurrection, on that Pentecost Sunday, they are transformed by fire, if you think about it. Acts 2, verses 2 to 4 says, And suddenly there came from heaven... A sound is a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of uh, like as of fire, and it sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How great is that? 
And I want to be crystal clear. It's not about chasing experience. Let's, let's be very, very clear about that. It's about the reality and the presence and the power of God. And I still believe that God is powerful. And I still believe that God is supernatural. And I still believe that God does indeed move as he had in times past. And so consequently, we gather here to be transformed by God in the fire. And then lastly, the third point, it is God in the fire that empowered Moses. The power that changed Moses was not the fire. The power that changed Moses was not in Moses. The power that changed Moses was God. Plain and simple. God was the power and God is the power that changes us. And that is the power that we will pray will visit his church again. Exodus 4.21 says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return unto Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh. And he says, Which I have put in thine hand. Oh, that God would give us that power. I always pray that the Lord would give the power that whenever I share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the power and the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit would go forth. And it would go forth and it would bring forth conviction of sin. And it would bring forth the awareness of God's holiness. And it would bring forth and produce a repentance. And that's what we pray for. You know, we don't gather here. One of, one of the blessings I like about the United Prayer Group is that we're not gathering and there aren't necessarily laundry lists of things that we're praying for, but we're coming together as one from all over the world to seek God's face and to cry out to the Lord. If ever there is a time in this nation, if ever there is a time in the history of the church, that time is now. We're never going to legislate morality. You're never going to see that. There's not going to be another president who's going to turn things around. And the morality of the country is going to change. As goes the church, so goes the world. As goes the church, so goes the country. It's only as God's people come to meet God and to be empowered by God. Psalm 20, verses 6 through seven says this, Now I know that the Lord saveth his anointed, and he will hear him from his holy heaven with his saving strength of his right hand. And I love this. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But what do God's people do? But we will remember the name of our Lord, our God. Our power, our authority, everything is in him and him alone. I think about 2 Chronicles 14, 11, when Asa cries out to the Lord, and he says to the Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. Do we believe that? It is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, for our God, for we rest on thee. Brothers and sisters, to undertake a task to unite the church in prayer, to call upon the Lord for a great move of God, to do so in our flesh would be pure foolishness. I, 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 may, I, I don't mean to say anything. If it, 
I just think that there has been a lot given over the years to the church regarding technique and process. If you do this, you will grow your church. If you do that, you will grow your church. Very little has been given to prayer and beseeching and crying out to God for his spirit. We know this verse, Zechariah 4, 6, right? Then he said, and he spake unto me, saying, the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, we know it, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We are not like those who don't have faith. For we come before the Lord of hosts, the great and mighty God, to whom nothing is impossible. That's, that's my hope for this conference that we come together, united in heart, united in purpose, a bunch of people, 400 people crying out to God for a great move of his spirit. So as I close, as we come before God, listen, let's wave off all unbelief. Can we do that? Can let's wave off all unbelief, all doubt, all uncertainty. Let us with faith believing come before our great God and Savior. That over the next few days, God would hear our cry, that he would move our heart and that our God would respond with a great move of his spirit upon this place, upon our churches, and upon the elect of this world. What could be better than that? You know, I'm going to close with these words. It's the great hymn, Revive Us Again. We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Revive us again. That's the prayer. So will you join me in a word of prayer? Mighty Father. Father, what a great way to kick off a conference this morning, Lord God. And Father, now, at this time of prayer, we cry to you, Lord God. We surrender to you, O God. We look to you, O God. Father, revive us again, God. Move upon the hearts of your people. Lord, we long for that genuine, authentic, spontaneous move of God. And Father, Lord God, may your perfect will be accomplished in these next two days. And Father, may we continue to raid the throne of heaven, seeking you for all things, Lord God, and seeking you, Father, to bring revival fire back to your church. We ask you for this in the blessed, most holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.